This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome back to the Danny Mac Podcast. Glad you're with me. Hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend. If you're grilling this weekend, remember, wait until the Kingsfords get white before you put meat on the grill. And make, yeah, and make sure that meat is down to room temperature. If it doesn't sizzle when the meat hits the steel, it wasn't hot enough. Be smart this weekend. Let's do some baseball, and let's do it for the first time since I began this podcast back in August with a guy who was among baseball's all-time top 10 in career appearances. He is one of the many stars of MLB Network, Dan Plesak, the former Philadelphia Philly, the former Diamondback, the former Brewer. God, I, he's got a lot of – he's worked for more baseball teams than I've worked for radio stations. Yeah, well, Danny, let, thank you. Yeah, let's throw in there the Crown Point High School Bulldogs, <laughs> the Andrean 59ers, the NC State, Wolf, <laughs> the NC State Wolf back then. I've been all over the place. You have. You've traveled many miles. It's good to have you with me. I, I want to start locally with the positives, so we'll keep that conversation with one exception, and that's just very recent on the South side, uh, positive with the Cubs overachieving in, in every area, um, offensively Dansby Swanson, everything they thought he was going to be. You're getting young players to play above what we thought they would. And with Stroman and steel at the front of the rotation, man, they have been a fun, if not great baseball team, they've been a fun team to watch and very exciting. Is what they've done through 50-ish games sustainable, Danny? Yeah, Dan, I think it is. And uh, I had a chance to talk. I played golf the other day with Cliff Floyd, who does some work with Marquee. And I was asking him about Cody Bellinger. And he really thinks that from seeing him play just about every day, that you're starting to see a guy that he's happy to be a Chicago Cub. And I'll say this, expensive flyer. They took a $20 million one-year flyer on Bellinger. Up until when he ran into that wall, he had, he's back to being the player that he was. He's, you know, he's hitting with two strikes. He's a great defender. He throws well. He does a lot of things really well. I thought, Dan, when they brought in Dansby Swanson, that was a sign that they're really getting serious. And when I look at that middle infield, if Nico Horner can stay on the field, I think he's a terrific player. I get into this raging debate every night with Greg Amsinger, who's a big St. Louis Cardinal fan. I think Nico Horner is a really good player. I think he's a potential all-star player, Dan. And sometimes you get goo-goo gaga over the local teams, but I think he's a smart player. He could steal bases. He's a good defender. He puts the ball in play. And he and Swanson, that that's a really good double play tandem. And then you look at center field, you've got Bellinger out there. There's just a lot of things to like about this team. And I think Marcus Stroman, he's established himself. You, you know what you're going to get every five days, Dan. 
He's not a very big guy. He's atypical from what is like in vogue right now where you're supposed to throw hard and spin the ball. He's kind of what we knew as a starting pitcher, a guy that can go deep. He sinks it. He cuts it. He gets ground balls. He uses his defense. I'm buying him. I've been disappointed in Jamison Tyon. I thought last year he made big strides with the Yankees. He added that cutter to his repertoire. He hasn't been very good. He needs to get a lot better. All right, let's go to Kyle Hendricks, who wasn't very good last night in his return. The Cubs still win a series against the Mets, and uh, they've got the Reds coming in for a weekend series. But you talk, you use the phrase "goo goo gaga." When a team wins a championship, oh boy, retire every goddamn one of their numbers after they're done, right? And Kyle Hendricks has been a fine Cubs pitcher, but I heard verbiage on the air this week that just makes me shake my head. Flavor of the decade stuff. Is he on the you know the Cubs Mount Rushmore of starters? Is he is he in the top ten? No and no definitively. And there's a lot I've admired about Kyle Hendricks, Danny. He throws strikes. He works quick. He's smart. For this era, he's been durable. If if 170 innings is a great year, boy, he's a great pitcher. But I have to push back on all of the accolades I've heard thrown in his direction. He's never been more than a solid three, has he? Dan, that's what he is. And when you go back and you look at that magical run in 2016, there was about a 16-month stretch where Jake Arrieta was the best pitcher in baseball. And if you want to know why the Cubs got so much better in a short period of time, they brought in Arietta, they made a great trade, and John Lester. Those two guys, they're gonna those two guys were the Mount Rushmore of that run of that team. Arietta was virtually unhittable. John Lester was reliable. But to me, Kyle Hendricks, you you hit the nail on the head, Dan. And and I'm falling in the category that you were. And I got in this raging debate a lot of times with people like, I like him. And the more you watch him, the more you like him. Uh, He's reliable. He's dependable. He's everything that you want. He's not a one. He's not a two. And he's probably not a three on a really deep rotation. But, Dan, he's a damn good number four. And if that's the kind of guy. and, And you look back at you look at that World Series of 2016. The reason that the Cubs came back from a 3-1 deficit, they had what nobody else had in baseball at that time. They had three starting pitchers that they could run out there back to back to back that they didn't worry about, hey, can a guy go through a lineup one time or two times and all these crazy ways now that we've come out to like to get a guy out of a game quick when you can run Ariette out there, you can run Lester out there, and you can run Kyle Hendricks out there. They were they were reliable. I'm with you. I'm a big fan of Kyle Hendricks, but putting him on the Rushmore of Cubs starting pitchers, that's a little bit much for me. Yeah, can't do it. Danny Plesak pitched in the big leagues for almost 20 years. Great job on MLB Network. My my favorite show, however, uh, all due respect. I'm, see, I'm sleeping by the time you're working. I'm an old fart. Um, but I get on the tee box earlier than everybody else the next day. I love quick pitch. Quick pitch in the mornings on MLB Network is must watch. You find out what happened in every game in the bigs though the previous evening in four and a half minutes. It's less talking heads and highlights from both radio and TV booths. It is it's heavenly produced. The guys behind the scenes who edit that do a great job. And today they had a tease in the right hand corner, White Sox strong pitching. And I'm like, White Sox strong pitching? What is this a 
a 40-year reflection on the win and ugly team yeah. with Britt Burns in 83. Yeah. What strong pitching yeah. are you talking yeah, about are talking after about? Giolito shit the bed yesterday? I know. It's like Britt Burns, Lamar Hoyt. Is that what we're talking about? Rich Dotson, 280Z? No, we're not talking. I'll tell you what, though. It, what, what has surprised me, Dan? I don't want to say I drunk the Kool-Aid and I fell for it again, but I couldn't possibly see how this team could be as bad as they were last year. I'm going to give them about 30 more days, Dan, because the division is so bad. Don't write them off yet because even at the top, I like the Twins. They have one thing right now that nobody else in that division has. They have two reliable starting pitchers. Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan have been really good, and I like their bullpen. With that said, I don't know what in the world's happened to Lucas Giolito. Three years ago, he was the worst pitcher in baseball. Two years ago, he was arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball. And last year, he fell kind of like, I don't know what, you know, what's going on with him. And it's been the same thing. Six walks last night. If you're looking for a positive, Michael Kopech's last two starts have been like everything that we, Dan, it's if you're a White Sox fan, when they acquired him, you're looking for this guy that throws upper 90s, nasty breaking ball. You're like, where is that guy? Well, guess what? That guy's reared his head his last two starts. He's been great. Dylan Cease is another guy to me. Dan, he's a mystery. I do this thing the first of the month, and I call it the DP Top 25, the top 25 starting pitchers in Major League Baseball. I had Dylan Cease ranked number three. I had Garrett Cole one, Shohei Otani two, and Dylan Cease three. After his first start of the year, I'm thinking, this guy's got a really legitimate shot. He should have made the all-star team last year. How in the world he didn't make the all-star team? Probably because he pitched on Sunday. But there are a lot of guys that pitch on Sunday and they go anyway. He, he was, to me, he was a legitimate Cy Young candidate when the season started. And Dan, he's pitched anything but like that. And I think he's got to get it going. But he's not the, I mean, there's some really good starting pitchers that are struggling, that were good last year, young guys. There's a guy in Toronto, Alec Manoa. He can't get anybody out right now. He's kind of in the same boat as Dylan Cease and Lucas Giolito. But if the White Sox are going to make a run, Dan, they've got to get Giolito going again. They they can't afford to have Michael Kopech now hold up his end of the deal and Cease and Giolito, you know, pitching with ERAs at five. That can't be if they're going to get back into it. You say you'll give them 30 more days, and I think that's reasonable but in the division being as awful as it is, everybody in negative ink in the run differential category, the division really sucks. But I hope they don't get drunk on that near the trade deadline. Is there anybody on this roster who's untouchable? Name one guy who you who you absolutely can't part with at the deadline. No, if you would have asked me the first week of the season, I would say Dylan Cease. And if you did move him, you would get a haul back because – He's everything what all these analytical departments are looking for. High spin rate, high velo. He's got a good breaking ball. He can spin the ball. But, Dan, you're on to something right now. But, but listen, you and I, I grew up a White Sox fan. And I'm, I, I'm just basing it on I've seen so far how bad this division is. And until they prove to me, if they get to July 1st, Dan, and they're eight or nine games back, and there's still 10 or 12 games under 500, then I think it's time. I'm, 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 then I'm going to throw in the towel. But until then, Dan, I'm going to hang in there because that division right now is so 
up for grabs. The Twins are the best team, but they're far. Dan, let's put it this way. Every team that there are every team in the AL East is better than any team in the in the AL Central. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. It's the way it is. It is. It really is. It's it's undeniable. Last thing, and I'll let you go over swing on the first tee. Because I, I know you will on the first tee box. It's the it's the testosterone replacement, right? You taking the Frank Thomas hey, total hey, tee? No, but you know what? Wink, you know, <laughs> hey, it's still like it too, right? Give her the wink. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I grew up like you did in Northwest Indiana, and uh, I, I liked the Cubs first, and then I became a recovering Cubs fan and started rooting for the Sox. And one of the reasons I became an American League fan were the oh, Oakland Athletics. Dan? I, I loved them in 72, 3, and 4, and I think what's <laughs> happening there is just a baseball tragedy personified. Dan, the first Major League Baseball game I ever went to as a kid, living and growing up in Gary, Indiana, my dad and my uncle Tony took my brother and I to see the Chicago White Sox and the Oakland A's, the handlebar mustache, Sal Bando, Joe Rudy, Gene Tennis, Raleigh Fingers, the list went on and on, Reggie Jackson, and... What's going on there, Dan? They're on pace right now, Dan, to win 31 games. They're on pace to be 31 and 131. I mean, it, it is beyond bad. And, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'll tell you this. We do this thing on MLB Network, 30 teams in 30 days, where we spend one day in every camp. Mark Kotze, I don't know how he's doing it. Dan, this guy's a good baseball guy, but... He goes into – the best way to put it last night was Greg Amsinger said he, he goes into a, a battle with guns and knives with a water gun because they just don't – Dan, they don't have much of anything. And anything that they did have in the last 24 months, they've traded. And it, it's it, – their, their, their bullpen is in shambles. They're starting pitching. They run through four or five pitches every night. Then they play well like they did last night in Seattle – and they walk the go-ahead run in the eighth inning. It's a two-to-two game. Dan, they just don't have the talent. And I, Matt Fasgersian, a host of our of, of one of my, our, our our shows, I was on with him the other night. Grew up a diehard Oakland A's fan. And I said, "What are you going to do, Matt?" He goes, "It's just hard to watch." I said, "Are are, are you going to follow him to Las Vegas?" And he said, "I don't know," because he said, "There's part of me." And, you know, we do these things like we show promos and stuff. And you go back like Mulder, Zito, Hudson. We're not even going back to like Conseco, McGuire, Ricky Henderson. We're going back like 15 years ago. Mulder, Zito, Hudson, like Eric Chavez were, were they were they were up and coming team. And they had Grant Belfort closing games. And those wild guys, you know, they're playing that crazy music. And that place was bopping. And, and Dan, the other night, they had 2,100 people at a big league baseball game. 2,100 people at a big league baseball game, Dan. So I, it's, 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 it, it, um, I don't know. I, I mean, if I'm an ace fan, I don't know what to do right now. Like, do you, do you root? And are they like, is, is it the product so bad that maybe that's what they want? So they, when they leave that the fan base will just say, okay, well, you know what? Like it just wasn't going to happen here. And then they'll go to Vegas and start spending money and be good again. But got to be careful what you ask for. It's not always that easy. Ask Steve Cohen with the Mets. You can have all the money in the world. And so you got to have the players, Dan. You got to have the players. You got to have the infrastructure. You have to have the scouts, the development, the minor league system, player development. They're, they're a long ways away from being good, Dan. 
Great stuff, Danny. Thank you for the visit. Have a great weekend. Shoot, uh, shoot par today at, at least. Yeah, I'll hours. tell you what I am going to do. I am going to overswing on the first hole because you got me up and got my brain moving now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Danny. That's Danny Plesak from MLB Network. I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast and tell a friend. The Macker isn't done sharing his deep sports thoughts with you. You can find me twice a week, typically on Monday late mornings we drop, and then again later in the week on Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil, and I am not finished saying things about stuff. If you were with me earlier in the week, you probably heard me talk about, uh, if you were paying attention, how quickly I want these Eastern and Western Conference Finals to come to a conclusion in both the NBA and uh, the NHL. Well, man, that is not happening. The Boston Celtics are not dead yet. Have I watched a minute of it? Hell no. When, uh, When the finals roll around, I will be interested because it's a, a cool story with low seeds getting there if Miami winds up hanging on and winning this thing. I don't give a damn about anybody on their roster. I don't really care about the sports fans in Miami. And if they get an NBA championship this year against the Nuggets, who will be prohibitively favored uh, against Miami in the NBA Finals. And uh, Denver is unbeatable at home. They haven't lost a game in this postseason they were a great team throughout the regular season. Season, um, hey, you know what? A, a tip of the cap to the great Dan Issel from the Western suburbs. I believe Batavia is his origin. I not interested. Good luck to everybody. Calvin Nat, cheers. This course is for you, uh, if you will. And as far as the Stanley Cup final, yeah, sign me up for that because uh, I enjoy hockey when it's played at a very high level. And there has been some very physical play in these conference finals, despite lopsided series totals. Guys are smacking each other around. You know why? Because that's what hockey players do. Boy, is there a more tired sports expression than that one? Or is it in more recent days, he was balling? Is that one that makes you say, man, no matter how old you are, get off my lawn. Uh, old man yells at cloud. I hear young people say they don't, uh, they're not buying into some of the same jargon that's going around these days either. I heard an expression earlier this week. I've never heard before. And it's not a, a cutism, somebody trying to be clever. How's that working for you? Being clever fight club, uh, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton, just electric together in fight club, but it wasn't an attempt to be clever. It was a description of an inning as the immaculate inning. And I'd not heard that before. And I liked it because I knew immediately what it meant. And some cat on the pirates, pirates have done it twice this year, uh, got through the, uh, got through an inning without throwing a ball. And he only threw nine pitches. He threw nine strikes and he struck out three batters. That is known as the immaculate inning. I'll take that. You can't call it the perfect inning because You can throw a perfect game and throw balls. When somebody throws a perfect game and doesn't throw a ball, 
let me know. That's a minimum of 27 pitches. Oh, no, I'm sorry, 81 pitches. I wasn't at Highland the day they taught simple math. 81 pitches to get through the, the minimum there. Nine pitches per inning times nine. 81 pitches, of course, in this era, maybe in the ninth inning. Well, you know what? He went deep last time out, even though he hasn't thrown a ball through eight innings. Let's uh, let's let's let him ice up a little bit early. That's uh, that's the era we're living in, and that's that's the era too, where we value a guy who throws 170 innings in a season. And this this is getting back to my Kyle Hendricks conversation, and it's not to diminish his significance in Cubs history. I promise you, I have no investment in being a Kyle Hendricks basher. Um, I'd like to have a guy like that on my roster. He's cost effective. He's only earned only $53 million, been in the league for nine years. That's not a colossal, you know, payday for a guy who led the league and earned run average in 2016. He was incredible in 2016 for the Cubs, a huge part of it. But as Plesak said, when you think of the 16 Cubs or the 15 team that got punched out by Thor and the Mets in the NLCS, you think of Arietta, you think of Lester, Hendricks is third and very good at number three. But did you ever say, man, I can't wait to get to the ballpark tonight because Kyle Hendricks is on the mound. I, I, if you did, let me know. Uh, I never felt that way about a Hendricks start. He's a great ground ball pitcher. He has been terrific, but do not tell me that he has a place on the Cubs all-time top 10 list. Should I could probably give you 10 guys I'd rather have just from this century without going to Fergie Jenkins and many of the Cubs pitchers of an era gone by, the Rick Sutcliffe's of the world. Kyle Hendricks might not even be in the top 20, let alone top 10. But I understand why people would pitch that because they have their experiences. There are a lot of younger voices you catch on sports radio these days, and these are their experiences. Kyle Hendricks, you know, to them is what Britt Burns and Rich Dotson and Lamar Hoyt were to a Sox fan of my age or what Sutcliffe and Eckersley and Trout meant to the 84 Cubs. That's their, that's their perspective. That's what they've seen. It is dangerous to throw it out there without giving it some thought first that things did happen before you were born, believe it or not. Things do happen before they were born for people who were born after 1990, for millennials, and I don't know when millennials officially, a little bit before that, right? 86, I think, is the official starting point for the millennials. Um, you, you don't really grow up with much of an attachment to terrestrial radio, over-the-air radio. You, you do for a while, but when you hit your 20s, things started changing radically in a digital world, and there's something going on right now that... Um, I, I'm going to do whatever I can to affect change in this regard. I don't suspect I'm going to get my way, but uh, I, I can't have it. I can't sit quietly and not protest the automobile industry's decision to discontinue AM radios in your vehicles. If given a choice, and this is not because I worked in sports radio, if given a choice between AM or FM, Lose the FM. Get rid of FM. 
AM is far more important. It's a better signal. The the purpose of radio in its in its infancy was to serve the community, was to be a place where people could go to get information they needed to have if we're being attacked, if there is a huge storm coming that threatens lives and homes. That's what radio was intended for. AM radio does that because there's the argument. Well, you could still have sports talk radio. You could still have news talk radio. You just have to find an FM frequency form. That's very much true. But FM signals reach about an hour, hour and a half outside where the stick is. That's all you get in coverage. You know, the people who live in downstate Illinois who listen to WGN radio since they were born, the great Orion Samuelson giving you the farm report, they they might tune to WGN to find out if there's a tornado coming at them or if there's some sort of national tragedy. They need that blowtorch. I I am a Ford loyalist. I've been driving Ford trucks now for almost 30 years. Yeah, it's been 30 years. I got my first F-150 extended cab. Remember the magic third door era? Uh, that was in 93. So 30 years ago, I got my first F-150. And I probably have had 10 since. I've had a half a dozen explorers. I've had a, an expedition or two or three. Uh, because I was lucky enough to represent dealerships that gave me a car with a dealer plate on it. And it's nice to have Ford um, as as a sponsor because I believe in their products. Uh, I believe in a lot of things that the company has been about over the years. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Uh, and if you like racing, Ford versus Ferrari is a must-see. And it, it, Christian Bale and Matt Damon were terrific. Uh, together in that film, but I'm going to, I, I, I don't know anybody at Ford. And if I did, I don't know if they could make a difference for me, but I'm going to let them know that I would consider a, a change after 30 years and uh, get some people on my side. We're going to find a different automobile manufacturer who believes in the power of AM radio. If you're going to go in this direction on me, I lived with them taking the CD player out. I can handle that. I have a, uh, I have a music box, as I like to call it, to piss off my buddy who's older than I am and understands technology. It's called a hard drive. I call it a music box. So I listen to music that's digital. I, I, I've lived, That's fine. Give me my AM radio. I can lose the FM. Now, selfishly, that's, I have Sirius XM for music. I don't necessarily need... FM and there's only one FM or two FM stations in Chicago I would listen to for music and I, I, I don't have much tolerance for them either. I worked at both of those places. I have friends who work at those places, friends who have passed from both. So I, it's not like I wouldn't want to listen to it. But how many times do you need to hear ELO beg the musical question? Do you? I don't need to hear it again ever. And uh, Sirius XM gives me three or four, well, hell, I, I three or four that are up on the panel, the presets, um, with Howard Stern, with NFL Radio, of course. Can't, can't go a day without some of that. Give me some Jim Miller. But I can get my music there. People need their information. That's what radio was intended for. They should be afforded an AM radio in a car. I think it's bad, and uh, I, I'm only one voice. I could ask others to join me. But um, 
it's probably not going to go our way in the long run. And AM stations will be looking for FM frequencies if, in fact, the automobile industry is kind enough to put a radio at all in our cars moving forward. Hey, uh, for those of you who have served in the military, thank you for protecting our shores. I am grateful you had the courage to do what I lacked um, in that department. And uh, just nothing but respect for those whose lives have been changed um, because they served in our armed forces. That's what Memorial Day weekend is, is, is all about. And I will take some time aside on Sunday and Monday to acknowledge those who gave who paid the ultimate price for our freedom and democracy here in America. And I think that's something that I've always felt obligated to do Memorial Day weekend as well as 9-11 to sort of do a little bit of a reboot emotionally and uh, try to have some perspective on what's important. And thank you for all of you who served. And those of you who have loved ones who have served and you have experienced extended periods without your son or your daughter or your husband or your wife who was serving at the time, uh, thank you as well for what uh, what you sacrificed um, for the betterment of our nation. All right, that's enough of that. Adam Delavitt is the big boss, man. He was a wrestler, wasn't he? Or was he a wrestler's manager? He is Baby Capone at the Bet Rivers uh, Podcast Network. Thanks to Sam Michael, my executive producer, for working early today with Danny Plesek after a tough night at the yard over on uh, 41st Street as the Highland Trojans fell short in their bid for a sectional championship maybe next time around. And uh, thanks to Plesek, Danny Plesek, for joining me today. Have yourself a great weekend. I'll be back next on Tuesday. I'm going to take Monday off unless there is something huge going on in the news. Thank you very much for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast. And if you haven't done so already, please tell a friend. I'm not dead yet. Thanks. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.